HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is proudly brought to you by Whole Foods Market. Visit WholeFoodsMarket.com or download the Whole Foods Market app to learn more and find the store nearest to you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. We talk about food. We talk about music. With musical dudes. Finger on the pulse. Snacky tunes.
Hello and welcome to Snacky Tunes. I'm one half of your host, Darren Bresnitz. And the other half of your host, Greg Bresnitz. And we're coming to you from the beautiful Modena at Bar M. Schiavoni. Schiavoni. Welcome. Uh, we have Sarah and Chiara Fantoni. Yes, it's Owners, right. sisters, panini maestros. Yeah, yeah, maestra. 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 How, how long does it take to become a maestra of, or, the, of the panini? Of the panini. Uh, it depends. Maybe you can burn with the. Uh, you are born with this. Uh. <laughs> Some of you. Look, you're either born with it, you and you refine it over the years, or you're hopeless. She's born uh, with the. Uh, with, with the cooking. passion. Me With the passion. Not me. Did you? Did you? Darren was the one that got me into food. Uh, my college meals were um, tuna fish and mac and cheese and he brought me into it. Did, did she bring you into the, the food world as well? But basically our father when we were young started uh, with us to cooking on Sunday and also other days so we grew up uh, cooking. With, with also mother and grandmother that used to show us uh, every recipe and what were some of the recipes, or what are some of the family standout dishes? Risotto. <laughs> what type? Of, what type? Risotto. Any kind. Yeah. Parmigiano, mushrooms, porcini. Do, where did you grow up? Where? Yeah. Um, in Modena, for uh, the beginning uh, of childhood. Then we moved in another city near Maranello, uh, near the countryside. And, and who was the best cook? Mom, grandma, dad? Uh, maybe our father. Everybody do different things. So yes, mm. our it's grandma does fresh pasta. So. Um, so is it just a given that when you grow up in this part of the world that you have to learn how to cook for yourself? Uh, usually women in this region uh, in old times made a lot of fresh pasta. So. <laughs> Nowadays, uh, it's less because uh, I don't think my friend of mine can make fresh pasta. Um, but you started cooking professionally, right? Yeah. When did you start cooking professionally? After the college, mm. uh, because I studied languages, but uh, I have this passion, and I decided to make it uh, as a work. So I do a class to have... Um, to have uh, knowledge uh, more... Uh, like cooking school? Yeah, like cooking school. Then I start to make uh, some stage and uh, I find my way uh, in work. And after uh, some years uh, cooking in a restaurant or for a fam private family, we decide to take uh, this bar, this special bar. <laughs> and where did you stage? Uh, in some res famous restaurant also. Yeah, you started at Osteria Francescana, right? Yes. And did you take anything that you learned from there and think, I can apply this to paninis? Mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit no. hard to put those things in panini. Yeah. So, um, for those who are unfamiliar with the history of Bar Schiavone, what's the history of it? When did, when did this place first open? It first opened really in the square near yeah. the dome, mm -hmm. and they were selling like liquors. Mm -hmm. Then he came here when they opened the market, and they were selling two liquors. Yeah. And after 30 years, the man before us uh, began to do panini, and 
at first time it was very hard because people didn't understand Want only wanted only ham and cheese mortadella and so so when he was when he first started people just didn't even appreciate appreciate it. it no no so it was, so, just, was it just one type of sandwich across the city or the the country it was just a very just like, like that's what you got like when you say like panini back in the old day, if you said panini, it was automatically ham and cheese. Uh, in Italy, I think yes, it's ham and mozzarella and tomatoes, <laughs> basically, or mortadella. And uh, but he wanted to change what they were. Yes, what he wanted to change because they are like uh, uh, first courses or second in inside of the bread. And what was his name? Giancarlo. And uh, how long did it take for people to start appreciating different types of paninis? I think After some years. <laughs> many, many years. Yeah. Many now, years. Now, when, so you grew up in the area. When is the first time you came here? I think I was at high school. Uh, it was, or I was 15 years old because mm -hmm. we came with uh, our mother. That was uh, her friend. So, yes, maybe I, I was 15. And I remember when I was uh, cooking mm -hmm. that uh, every time that I come here, he wants uh, to me to take the bar because he was uh, uh, already tired. Mm. So yeah. every time uh, ask me if uh, I want to take the bar and make panini, but for a chef it was like a uh, <laughs> a, a no. step down. Step yeah. down. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. He knew that you were a chef. Yeah. And did, what did he maybe see in you or what did he know about you that he thought that you would be a good fit for this? Or was it that you were just a chef and you knew food? I think he saw that she could have that passion and uh, yeah, to because work here. He, want, uh, he wanted to uh, continue this uh, quality and uh, tradition. Yes, so because many people asked him to buy, but he knew that they would have changed everything. Oh, interesting. So he wanted to make sure that it continued. Yeah, the same uh, panini. And and did he, when you took it from him, did he have instructions or recipes or is there like a, a folder back there on like how it must yeah. be done? <laughs> he stayed uh, with us for one month and he gave us this uh, recipes book. So what made you decide to take it over? Like what changed your mind? She was very tired to work uh, by night in restaurants mm -hmm. and so working on day would have been much better. Yeah, but for me the, the change was, uh, was only for this kind of uh, bar with special things like a panini. Mm -hmm. If if you have to choose, uh, I never... Uh, and for me it was totally unconscious, so <laughs> I was 20 yeah. years old. And, <laughs> and what, what were you so doing at the time? Uh, I the was uh, really skinny instead of now, <laughs> and I was uh, modeling and doing other things. But the panini life is a little bit of a round. Yeah, yeah, we, I'm curvy, so it's better with panini than without. <laughs> so when um, you decided to take it over and he was teaching you, was there anything that you discovered about the panini that you had taken for granted? That some people take for granted, they go, oh, it's just such a simple sandwich. Yeah. yeah. But what did you learn? The secret is the bread. Do you make your own bread? 
No, we have a different uh, bakery. Mm -hmm. but five. Yes. But uh, you say five bakeries? Five, yeah, I think five. Yes. Because we we got a few sandwiches before, and it was really cool that each sandwich came on a different type yeah. of bread, which I was actually surprised when I was in Florence uh, earlier this week. Same sandwich, same bread. Same in, Ameri same in America. There's uh, like, oh, panini, one bread. Right. There's a really good one you didn't try because it's on holiday and it's uh, organic. Mm -hmm. So, what did you learn about the panini that was the, it's the bread? The bread um, that every uh, every piece that you put in the mouth has, uh, has to be with everything in the sandwich, not uh, one olives, one tomatoes. F uh, so for every bite, you have the full panino on your mouth, Perfect. because otherwise it's not good. I That's how our grandmother used to eat. It was everything on the plate, one piece of everything had to be on the fork. Yeah. It wasn't like peas and then turkey or the whatever. It was every bite, which is how I eat as well. This is it. Yeah. So when you were going into business, how did you decide to go into business as sisters? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I think we didn't think about it because... No. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> In the first years, we used to argue a lot. Now we learned, so maybe I don't talk, she doesn't talk, so we don't argue a lot. <laughs> when we used to work more together, there would be times we'd be in a what we call a house meeting, and at some point I would just walk out the front door <laughs> uh, mid sentence, and I would just take laps until I figured enough time. Had Actually, passed. the first year we also went on holiday together, but Oof. it was the last one. So, but here is so little that if you want to escape, it's impossible. Yeah, you have to, you have to like go into the market. Um, so, how do you? Uh, I mean, how do you split up the business? Do do one of you run? Do you, Sarah? Do you run the cooking and things like that, or do you both? Yes, you I'm really good on math and. Uh, on, so Kiara, on you do beans. the math and the business yeah, and things yeah. like that. And do you, Sarah? So are you making like take us through like a, a quick day? Like you started six a.m. right? Seven. Now. Yeah, now seven, seven now. During the year we start late. So one is opening and the other is coming at nine thirty. Mm -hmm. Then when the other. Uh, is coming. I go shopping mm -hmm. and take all the ingredients for the panini. Then we we prepare everything. At about midday comes every people from the offices and so on. And then at three thirty we start cleaning. Yeah. And do you get all of your? Do you just go right out to the market and buy all of your ingredients? All the fresh ingredients. That's the. This is probably one of the closest restaurant. This to market. Is, it's so lucky to be here because when you miss something, you can do. It's like cooking uh, in a supermarket. And does what comes into the market dictate? Because I know that you change the panini every day, right? Do you change the menu with what's available in the market? Or yes, by the season. Uh, do you have any of the vendors here who are saying, this is super great, it's the best time of year, you should put this in a sandwich this week? Do they get involved in it or make yeah. suggestions? Yes, yeah, sometimes, yeah. yes. Yeah, what's one of the best uh, sandwiches that you made based on a recommendation from one of the vendors? Uh, basically, the organic one we make on Friday, mm. the special one, yeah. But Because uh, in organic uh, plants they have uh, like stranger things, so yeah. unusual to find. So sometimes a uh, sandwich is so good because uh, the ingredients are very fresh and uh, particular. and the, 
the it's different to buy vegetables on a supermarket mm -hmm. that tastes like plastic. <laughs> yeah, S same in America. There's a difference yeah. between the fresh farmers market and then the supermarket. It's more more expensive, but it's worth it. Yeah. But that's one of the things that you've had to wrestle with as well, right? Because your paninis are more expensive. Uh, since a few months they were very cheap. Now yeah. we had a bit recharge because we couldn't go on with those prices. So. And how have people responded? It depends. Yeah. People from Modena, maybe someone is not very happy, but uh, with tourists we are so happy because they really appreciate. Yeah. yeah. Well, we really appreciate it. And we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we're going to come back and talk a little bit about keeping the tradition alive. Some of the sandwiches that were served from Giancarlo that you're now serving. Uh, we have a quick musical break from the archives on Snacky Tunes from Modena on HeritageRadioNetwork.org.
Hello and welcome back to Snacky Tunes. We are in Bar M Schiavoni in Modena with Sarah and Chiara Fantoni, owners, operators, sisters, Panini Maestras from birth. <laughs> so, um, you know, you're taking over a, uh, anything that's been around for longer than you've been alive is always, there's like a weight to it, like a responsibility, especially as you said that the owner wanted to keep the traditions alive. Yeah. What are some of those traditions that you've kept alive since taking over? The most famous one is uh, Cotechino. Which we had? Today, yeah. Today, we got two. <laughs> uh, what is it? Is all the wall leg, the pork's leg, uh, chopped and boiled and put on a is like artificial artificial skin mm -hmm. yeah like a sausage it, and it yeah. looks like the pork's feet <laughs> and then what do you spread on it because that was delicious ah uh, it was the green sauce the pesto uh, and no, it's different different pesto is basil okay green sauce is made with persil ah mm -hmm. very nice and that's been around since these doors opened the sandwich ah uh, I think I think so mm -hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. But this uh, special panino, mm -hmm. born a uh, uh, long time ago, but there is a big, big party that we made uh, on the 14th of August. And uh, this party um, st uh, start like a joke. Yes, it's special because in Modena you don't think you eat cotechino in summer because you die. On the sun. Because it's so hot. Usually we eat it in winter. Uh -huh. So we decided to do it in the, f the 14th of August with a couple of friends. And the bet was that you have to eat, eat it. Uh, in the sandwich under the sun, drinking a bottle of Lambrusco. <laughs> <laughs> like the most modern thing yeah. like you could have, right? Yeah. And then shots of like balsamic vinegar, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. And now every year we make it and make also like concert and it's a big big party. Oh that's are, awesome. Are people just pouring sweat, just <laughs> sweating and just messy? No because sometimes it's uh, it's raining also. So oh yeah. Only this day of August. Um, you mentioned that there were five different types of bread. Curious to know how do you pair the fillings with the bread and how did you get that red combination and what goes where? Uh, by tasting, we we found that uh, like fish is better in the longest that we have, and because you taste more the taste of the fish because it's very delicate, and also other panini we are uh, decided by the shape of the bread because uh, because if you have uh, a lot of vegetables vegetables in a thin funny uh, bread is difficult to put inside and it becomes like uh, a problem when you eat it yes and is it all the same type of grain is it all one type of, of flour or is it different mm. yes instead of the organic one it's all the flour is the same but the process is mm -hmm. different got it mm -hmm. So, um, having that bread, having new types of filling, is that a way to, to keep the name, keep the tradition, but make it your own? 
and put your own like put your own mark on the restaurant. Yeah, I think we we change a lot of things. Also, wines and uh, people uh, recognize it. Because you serve natural wine. Yeah. Which you would not expect, probably. Probably back in the day, it was like, do you want red or white? So basically, <laughs> really, we are drinking most of natural wines because we are open only at lunch. Mm. So people maybe drink more on Lower. at dinner. Yeah. But uh, we try to sell them because we really love them and they match perfectly with some sandwiches. So, you know, you mentioned before about and having to raise your prices, people from town might not respond as well. Um, how do you fit into the Modena culinary scene? What is it like? Uh, it's a bit hard because uh, it's divided from people that works in office in offices because they have uh, they are very hurry and everything. And I don't know how to explain because it's so many different people, students, uh, families. They are all very different. All people, uh, uh, tourists. Uh, some someone meet there for uh, for chance. Uh, and there are many years that they don't meet. Uh, or every day is like a, a new experience. Working in a theater because yes, you yeah. see Especially many, many things. And so, you know, as Modena becomes more famous as a food city um, around the world, what changes do you see with that as well? This thanking also <laughs> to Massimo Bottura that yeah. really gave us some notoriously, yeah. Yeah, because I know that he's a big fan of your... Yeah, yeah, but he's, uh, he's the boss, so... He's the boss? <laughs> we are glad to him because uh, for him, so many people came to Modena. So, um, let's talk about the menu. Um, I know that you change it almost every... I know it's seasonal, but every day you change the menu. What's your process like of, of deciding what goes on the menu outside of just what's available at the market? Or what the vendors recommend? We check that uh, every day of the week uh, is not the same of yes. the week before. So every Monday is different from the last Monday, every Tuesday, Wednesday, and so on. Or if the mo most important ingredient is the same, the feeling is changing. So or maybe when she goes to somewhere and eats something she likes, uh, she wakes up and she says, "Today I'm gonna do that." I mean, that's that's so nice to have that inspiration. I mean, there's got to be, even though you're making panini and it's like the same, there has to be some, I guess, sort of freedom to experiment because it is one type of of food that you're making. Yeah, yeah. It's like, um, I make a lot of uh, yeah. experience, but uh, usually I know what I do. Because uh, I think with the, my flavor, mm -hmm. she matches everything on her brain. She's like <laughs> yeah. a dog when try to find truffles. Hi, color. <laughs> yeah. But so and so, all the fillings, all everything made in. I mean, it's not. It's tiny. It's what a hundred square meters, maybe. I mean, it's smaller than that, and you do all the cooking here, right? Yeah. Some some things. Uh, uh, like some sauce or... Yeah, we take uh, from other places and uh, the rest that we can do here, we do it here. And now that you've, you change it every week, do you just have 
lists of different paninis? Like, how many do you have? Is there like, is there like a, bind, a panini binder? <laughs> yeah, we have a lot of uh, book, little books. Yeah. Oh, really? And she writes the day and the five different, so... Oh, so sometimes you go back and you're like, oh, that was such a great one a couple of years ago, and you put it back on the menu? Yes, because maybe sometimes she does similar panini, so she wants to look back to do different ones. So, um, I know recently you were on Master of None. What was that experience like? It was wonderful. Yeah? How did it was on holiday. <laughs> yeah. But how did that come about? What? How did that happen? Ah, um, but everything becomes, uh, begins in winter mm -hmm. when Adid comes, uh, came to Modena. Mm -hmm. And I think that... Uh, we didn't knew who he long. was. Yeah, we in Modena. And after many months, uh, he told us that he was doing a show, and we said, "Oh my God!" <laughs> and oh, so he was here for a while before he said anything. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. was uh, eating here yeah. without saying anything. And uh, we were so glad to to be on the show. Yeah, yeah. Everybody was very kind, and I think that for Modena, it has been a. A beautiful uh, experience and and the advertisement also. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's a coincidence, but ever since the show aired, I feel like everyone I know has gone to Italy this year. Yes, they're doing like the uh, the to the Master of None tour. Yeah. <laughs> through Italy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It happened in New York. Um, Eater posted a map of all the restaurants they go to in New York as soon as the season came out, so people. We're friends with the Four Horsemen people, uh, which is the, for those in the show, it's where Deb takes all of his first dates. And he, they said that people just come in, sit at the table, take a photo, yeah, and maybe order something, but generally just take a photo and leave. No, here they order. <laughs> yeah. They order, yeah. they yeah. drink the same thing, usually. <laughs> um, so what's the future? What, when you look, you know, another seven years down the road or another... 37 years. What do you see as the future of, of this place? We would like to open another basketball. Maybe on the seaside. <laughs> <laughs> in Portofino or some place no, no, in the Garing Coast? No, uh, no, somewhere out of Italy. Oh, um, yeah. But, yeah. And would the sandwiches also just pull from the local ingredients? It would be what you get there you couldn't get here? Yeah, it's harder, so it's hard for that reason. So, to achieve fresh ingredients that we use here in other countries so but you could hunt out those flavors you could figure out what the flavors are right in the uh, she can match new things yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 um well we want to thank you congratulations this is such an awesome special place um it might be the the smallest sandwich shop i've ever been to but has the largest flavor so thank you for being on the show thank, thank you for you. feeding us yeah. today we really appreciate it. And if people wanted to find you, where can they find you or locate you or online? Or uh, We are on now from this year on Instagram. Awesome. <laughs> and our Facebook page is not very... But that's how I found you. Ah, okay. <laughs> Facebook. Very responsive. Those two. We have not a site. But... Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much. We have another song from the Snacky Tunes archives and then a live performance coming up on heritageradionetwork.org.
Hi, it's Jameson Fink. I'm senior digital editor at Wine Enthusiast, and I'm wondering what kind of vessel do you drink your wine from? I know that's a terribly awkward, probably grammatically incorrect sentence, but uh, my point is I didn't want to say wine glass because confession time, when I'm at home, I actually rarely, if ever, drink wine from a wine glass, you know, a fancy stem with the, the base and the stem and the tulip, your classic swirl and a sniff type of wine glass. I actually have my three favorite uh, wine vessels in front of me, and uh, I'm just going to run them down. One is a, it's an enamelware glass that I like a lot. It's actually a collaboration between um, a great wine blogger and writer, Marissa A. Ross, and Crow Canyon Home, and it was under $10, um, and I bought a bunch of them. I love them. Um, I also drink out of a Charlie Harper juice glass that I got at Fish's Eddy. I just love Charlie Harper and just makes me really happy to uh, drink wine from it. And then the third thing, it's a Fernet Branca, like little short glass that I got, um, like you bought a bottle of Fernet and it came with a couple glasses and it's got a bunch of uh, dancing alligators on it. Again, it's, it's fun, it's whimsical, and I really enjoy drinking from it. Now, lest you think I eschew wine glasses, okay, I do have a couple wine glasses here in my house, um, fancy pants ones. They're actually, I'm looking at them right now, they're on top of my cabinet in a box, and I think I have to get a step stool to to reach them. But that doesn't mean I wouldn't use them if the occasion was right. Really, it's just a a lot of it is um, clumsiness and laziness. Uh, It's nice when you're entertaining to have just drink out of uh, juice glasses or or mugs or whatever. Actually, coffee mugs I really like, too. Um, Our senior editor wrote uh, a great editorial sort of viewpoint. um, uh, Our coffee mugs, the new wine glasses in praise of the coffee mug. And if you just Google coffee mug wine enthusiast, you can read that. And I recommend you do. But um, I do love when I'm going out to eat at a really nice um, you know, kind of fancy pants restaurant, and they give you really nice stemware, and um, you're drinking wines of a certain, you know, I don't know, stature or, or fame. And, um, you know, it just, it just uh, seems right for the occasion, whereas, you know, the, the picnic with, with um, stemless glasses just seems like the right occasion, too. And um, so I do enjoy drinking from wine glasses. I'm not a monster. I'm just kidding. You're down a monster. If you don't drink from wine glasses, you're like me. You're just a regular wine drinking person. Um, and most of the wines I drink anyway are inexpensive wines. So it's not like I'm drinking, um, I don't know, like um, Grand Cru Burgundy out of, a, out of a coffee mug. Not that that would be wrong, but I would probably even, uh, I'd probably even break out the stemware for that. Um, I just want to talk about the wine I'm drinking right now. It's um, kind of a rainy, moody, atmospheric day brooding. I just felt that it's very brooding here uh, in Brooklyn. So I stopped by a wine shop and I picked up a Nebbiolo. That's the grape. And this wine is from Piedmont in northern Italy. And Piedmont is where uh, two of the world's most famous um, wine regions are, Barolo and Barbaresco. Um some of the best wines I've ever drank are, are Barolo and Barbaresco, and um, if you haven't tried them, I suggest you do. But what the nice thing is about this wine, it's um, it's a Nebbiolo from Lange, which is a uh, L-A-N-G-H-E, which is a larger region, and in that region are Barolo and Barbaresco. So it's kind of like, I don't know, like a baby Barolo or a baby Barbaresco. You get a lot of those qualities at a much lower price. So um, I highly recommend searching out a, a Nebbiolo from this region. And it's interesting because it's not a... It's a pretty casual drinking wine. Like, it's really easy. Like, I'm going to drink it right now. 
it's um it's re- it's refreshing it's it's got some zip to it but then it's also got some weight it's kind of this like wine that um defies um the laws of physics where it's sort of like uh light on the palate but yet has some sort of full body to it so it'd be great it's a great food wine like any kind of hearty stews mushroom dishes it would be wonderful with um all right i just paused there for a second you might want to edit that out guys um So anyway, my point is don't be afraid to drink wine out of any receptacle, vessel, glass, uh, jar, jelly jar. I don't know. Whatever you have on hand, uh, I've drank wine out of a solo cup, a paper cup, uh, out of the bottle, straight from the box, whatever. Whatever you have on hand or don't have on hand, use it. And then my other tip is that um, it's fall. Uh, think about some uh, some really fall-friendly food wines. And uh, I think Nebbiolo from Italy, specifically from Piedmont is, um, this bottle was like 22 bucks. So, um, it's not cheap, but it's not super expensive. And if you bring it to any wine nerd's house, they're going to be like, oh yeah, they're going to be stoked. So seek out those wines. And, uh, you know, if you break out the crystal, that's great. If you don't, um, that's cool too. And I'll be here drinking out of a coffee mug. Bye. Today's program is proudly brought to you by Whole Foods Market. Whole Foods Market believes in seeking out local, fresh, and seasonal food and in supporting local farmers, makers, and the community as a whole, economically and agriculturally. Whole Foods Market believes in food that is vivid and colorful, fresh and full of nutrients. Food that connects you to your body, the seasons, and to nature. Food that helps you do more, sleep better, and wake up happier. Found in over 400 locations throughout the United States, Whole Foods Market only sells food that meets their standards, which means no artificial colors, flavors, preservatives, or sweeteners, ever. Whole Foods Market believes in real food. Visit WholeFoodsMarket.com or download the Whole Foods Market app to learn more. Welcome back to Snacky Tunes. We have Heaven's Gate here in the studio, crammed in. Hi. Hi, guys. Hi. How you doing? Hello. Uh, do you want to go around the room, introduce yourself, say what you play, maybe um, favorite pizza topping? Mm. Uh, my name is Jack, and I play guitar and prosciutto. Prosciutto? Okay. You took prosciutto? Oh. You can't go off the bat. You can, you can, you can repeat it if you feel really it's, it's necessary. I want to be original. Uh, I'm Alex. Oh. I play bass. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, my favorite topping is um, <laughs> mozzarella cheese. Okay, classic. God damn it. So so That's basic. That's my number one and two. All right. My name is Jess, and I sing vocals. And my favorite topping is definitely mushrooms. Okay, mm-hmm. mushrooms. Uh, m- my name is Michael. I play percussion, and like my, my one of my favorite toppings on the pizza is like the marinara sauce. You can put the sauce on top of you can do a reverse pizza and put it on top. Yeah. That's an acceptable mm. it's acceptable answer. I guess you could put basil on there too. That's an acceptable answer. Nothing is there's no wrong answers here on snacking. So things. far we have cheese and sauce, two essential <laughs> ingredients on pizza. That's that's, that's the true. rhythm section right there. Yeah. <laughs> essential ingredients. Yeah. 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 Uh, I would have said prosciutto on oh, mic, I play guitar. Um, I would have said prosciutto, but I'm gonna say crawfish. Oh, oh. Where, where where have you had crawfish pizza? Uh, two boots. Oh right. Oh yeah, of course. Classic. It's my Louisiana shit. pizza. How, how many crawfish pizzas do you think they're churning 
How, how much fresh crawfish do you think they actually they're going, have there? They're like flying it from no, New Orleans that's like straight to the bottom of the, the barrel, Village. soaking in right. water in the in the walk-in. <laughs> I think they're probably during a certain time of the year. They're probably flying through maybe like seven a day, seven slice at a time, roughly, roughly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, how did you guys all meet? I know that you formed back in 2001, but what's the what's the story? 2001, 2001. 2011. Ooh, we sorry, we look that old. Ooh. <laughs> I mean, me. Mike and I probably met. Oh no, no. Me and yeah, me and Alex met in high school. We were from the same town, New Jersey. Um, then we all moved into New York. Uh, me and Jess met at a sweat lodge. <laughs> Um, like a classic sweat lodge, like uh, running, like run into the snow type sweat lodge. Pretty traditional sweat lodge. <laughs> yeah, it was a triangular sweat lodge. Um, and actually, me and Mike were talking about this. We, I think, we met working door for at Silent uh, Barn in two thousand six or something. Yeah, two thousand six or something. We worked. We were working the door for Todd P. Okay. What and, about Jack? And then Jack and me met maybe at that garage on Myrtle where Sophia used to do shows, but he he was like fifteen and a guitar shredder. Yeah. He's so definitely underage. Definitely under. Mm-hmm. You all look underage. He, he's still fifteen. <laughs> oh, stop. <laughs> Who do you who do you think in who do you think is the oldest person in the band? Oh, I'm not playing this game. <laughs> that is that is that is how I get murdered on my own radio show. Yeah. Um, what I love about your music is that you have really deep topics. Uh, for example, like women held captive uh, for a number of decades. How did you take that path for song lyrics, and how did it evolve from the first EP into the last two EPs about where you pull your ideas from? Um, I think when we first started, I mean, my background's in, like, folk music, so I was writing more, like, traditional type of songs, but I think when our first two records, I was just trying to pull something together. (laughs) I mean, I was writing about, you know, smoking weed and dudes and, um, just very, like, surface-level things, and then we were working on Women at Night, I really wanted to kind of, to, you know... Own own that own that process and to like really be conscious think consciously about um, what I wanted to sing about and it was just a time where I was just really thinking a lot about you know women um, sort of just like the experience of being a woman feeling unsafe a lot of the time and you know as always there's like stuff coming up in the news so that kind of was informing that record and on this record um, I was actually doing psychoanalysis for like for the entirety of us doing this record. So I think there's a lot of stuff, um, I think it's very heavy um, in terms of like your interior world. And I think there's a lot on trauma and um, those sorts of things. So you say like on the last record, it was about, you know, the issues that are facing women outwardly. And now these are issues that are facing you from the inside out. Perhaps, or you just, I think you get more comfortable um, going there. So. Um, I think, yeah, maybe it was, maybe the last record gave me permission to kind of go more internal. Yeah, also a lot of the songs on the last record were named after women, so it was kind of like we kind of were playing with this theme of different stories happening to different women. And did you feel that the uh, music or the structure, like the sonic landscape, changed at all as you got more into this and even into the new record, or do you think the, the sound of the music always sounded the same? And the lyrics are what changed. Oh, it's totally different. But we, we started off thinking we were one kind of band, and just, you know, we've been together since 2011, so... Some would say 2001. Some <laughs> <laughs> Arguably. Arguably. Spiritually. Spiritually. Never forget. 
What um, type of what type of band did you think that you were, and what band are you actually? <laughs> we thought we were a shoegaze band, and now we are something we, else. We we sound a little bit like like a, a ACDC. Come on, I mean no. that, like like um, <laughs> high voltage, you know, like no no like like that really. I don't know. I feel like it's very dancey, spacey, long form, droney. Like, I mean, I don't think we'd still be a band if we knew what we actually sounded like. We want to keep writing records, and mm. ideally, I think it's going to change each record. Yeah, I think that's kind of where we came to, is like, we started off trying to be a one sound, and now we kind of don't really adhere to one sound. Yeah. We can, no, we're, we can, we're growing up. We can do a country yeah. song, we can do a fucking... Love germ song we can do whatever it doesn't really matter yeah i mean i had never heard of shoegaze when this band started so i, I didn't know what the fuck they were talking <laughs> but i think you know it's definitely gotten a little you know we have songs in this record that like kind of read as more like hardcore or, like songs more punk um definitely we got a lot noisier and i, I agree with what with your question i think that as the the sounds sort of change the the mood changes right so it started off poppy happy you know superficially kind of Summary: We were younger, and um, boys and smoking weed, and now it's real issues. Sure. Yeah. Can we yeah, hear something? Go back to huh? boys and weed again. <laughs> the boys and weed are still there, but just <laughs> other things on top of that. Can we hear a song? Yeah, yeah. let's play a song. What are you gonna play for us first? Um, this first song, all, all, uh, everything we're gonna play tonight is gonna be off our upcoming record that we just recorded, um, and this first song is called Television. Great. Here we go live on Snacky Tunes.
You wrote that you are a big fan of Guy Fieri. <laughs> you, I don't think you, you. I don't know if you said it right. If you've been watching his shows, he actually says Fieri now. Oh, he changed it. He did. He doesn't say. He said, "I'm Guy Fieri." Now yeah. he says Fieri. Well, Darren, Darren and I are a big fan of the Triple D. We we spent much much time talking about it. Great, let's do uh, it. Outside of the fact that um, once you get past the fact of you know what you see, mm-hmm. uh, we love the fact that he's actually one of the few people that actually go out and like promote really small restaurants yes. and restaurants go on the record that after he stops by the restaurants do a lot better huh. what is what are your reasons for loving him okay so excuse me <laughs> so move mic triple, over triple d, triple d is an antidepressant <laughs> it is um if <laughs> it really is if you've no, if you notice if you watch cooking shows if you watch other shows he never says anything negative about anything, um, except for eggs. He hates eggs, and he will not eat <laughs> eggs, especially raw eggs, like like um, with the yolk. But um, if you notice it, he doesn't actually like get into any content. He just describes what he eats. Like he'll take a bite of a sandwich and he'll say, mm, the the toast and the the lettuce and that mayonnaise <laughs> is really coming through, and oh, and then you get hit with that turkey at the end. <laughs> it's just oh. Yeah. Um, oh, so, so I think good. when you're like when you're looking for that kind of like psychic break or like you're just feeling down about stuff, he's just really pop. You know, he's a really yeah. posy dude. I think in a way he captures captures the millennial zeitgeist. <laughs> <laughs> he's just you know he's he's joyous and simple and it's it's easy to watch and and I really appreciate his unbridled enthusiasm. Mm. <laughs> There's a cynicism that I used to have when I watched when I first started watching with it. Like no way this guy can keep it up for this long a time, but. You, you know, month after month, year after year, like it just—it's and it never changes. It never changes. But it doesn't matter. And there's no rhyme or reason to an episode. He's like, "We're here in Detroit," and then he's like, "Now we're skipping over to Honduras." I think. I think that now, well, to, to pull into a little bit of magic, uh, like TV magic, is like I think that that's because they have so many episodes and so many locations. They're like, "We're just gonna—it's a forever clip show." Totally. Who knows? Yeah. He might—he might be dead for the last three years. We have no, <laughs> we have no idea. Or maybe he is like, like AI. Yeah. Oh, that'd be amazing. That he's just—they've just funneled in all the flavor, like all the flavor profiles, and he's like all all that Twitter, uh, you know, data digestion is like spat back out. Well, and now it's Triple G, guys. (laughs) Grocery games. I have not watched that yet. Triple G is a boxer. He's a great boxer. He's amazing. Like a box of. He has his own supermarket, and there's there's everything in it, everything you could ever need, like squid ink. Like things that you would never have at a grocery store. He's got it all. But is this yeah. a show? It's a show. Three contestants. They have carts. They have challenges. They oh. have to run. They get the stuff. This they is, put it in the carts. This is like supermarket cook. sweeps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It like, is. Yeah. But then, but then he fucks with them a lot. Oh. Can I say that? Yeah, you can. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't think I've ever fucked with anybody. He, no, <laughs> he, he might mess with them. He messes with them. Yeah. And he has some really good pranks. You should watch it. Okay. Can we hear another song? Yeah. What are you going to play for us? Landline. Yeah, this one's called uh, Landline. It's also going to be off our next record. Cool. It's our dead format suite. Our what? Dead format suite, you know, like television into Landline. Perfect. Here we go, live on Snacky Tunes.
That song was great. What are your favorite Ooh. songs to cook to? Ooh. Ooh. Oh man, I, I like um, Mark Morrison, Return of the Mac, when I'm making <laughs> specifically macaroni and cheese. Is it just a, <laughs> with chorizo? Is it just on repeat? Is it you just like yeah, repeat, it, just like yeah. over and over? It, it, it's just that original O that he does. Oh, that's me, and I'm just like mixing in the cheese. Oh, and, <laughs> I like Nina Simone does a version of Tell It Like It Is. Of course, it's amazing. Oh my god, I get to snuggle up with Bay, chop up the onions. <laughs> You're chopping Yo, up onions in bed? Yeah, chopping up the peppers and onions. Are, there, are they going into anything? Or are you just, cho- just like, you have like Tupperwares of like onions <laughs> <laughs> and peppers that just listen to Nina Simone? Bro, it doesn't get that far. Okay. <laughs> get some marinara sauce. And you've almost got a pizza, kinda. Um, Walter Wanderley and like a uh, samba music, a uh, samba like early like, uh, I guess it's late sixties. It just feels really great to whisk eggs too. Oh, like do a little dance. Mm. Uh, also, yeah, Nelly, and anything, yeah. anything Nelly. <laughs> All right. Uh, I honestly cook. Mostly to talk radio, like podcasts. Oh. <laughs> music, music, is, music is not a cooking activity for me. I don't know. It's just Throw, like, you like throw on some Terry Gross and you're like, I'm gonna, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. make some roast chicken and yeah, think yeah. about life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, coast to coast. Or like, yeah, like, you know, some true crime. Oh, perfect. Oh, okay. That's a little bit. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's, you know, really <laughs> gets my, wets yeah. my appetite. Yeah. Yeah. Try that. Maybe I'll start cooking more. Yeah. Yeah. True crime. That's um... You know, I think like you know, like the class, you know, classic like Billie Holiday or like Ella, um, or like maybe like Shangri-La's. Oh, what are you cooking to this? Like, what are you making? I make all kinds of stuff, baby. Oh, okay. So <laughs> you mentioned you mentioned the new record. Uh, any plans for release, label, home? Yeah, we're, we're still we're still finishing it up. Um, we did it upstate, uh, which was really nice for us to not do a record in New York. Um, City. So yeah, so we did it like a, like outside of Hudson. And a fruit in, farm. In Germantown, um, the studio that a bunch of other really great bands have recorded at. Um, so yeah, we're, we're still in the process of finishing it, and yeah, we're just not really rushing it at this point. You know, it's it's going to be our third full length um, and fourth release. So we're just taking our time with it, feeling good about it. Let but it simmer. We're very excited about it. It's gonna, so, it's gonna yeah, sound similar. way yeah. better and bigger than anything we've ever done before. So mm-hmm. I think yeah. it's gonna be great. Yeah, man. To continue that analogy, a lot of these songs have definitely been like minced really well. Minced. Minced. Yeah. Well, he minced. said, "Let it simmer." Yeah. yeah. Minced. From Milan like to minced. Like, like cut up little pieces of garlic. Yeah, yeah. minced garlic. Yeah. Uh, sorry, maybe that's the wrong analogy. Then, I don't know. No, so, some of the songs are like very have been I mean, like worked on for a very long time. You know what I mean? Like there's been a lot of like there's a lot of layers. We've had a lot of time we, we to stew. Like put a lot of work. Like an onion. Yeah. A red onion. Do like a julienne. We can strike that. I'm sure. No, we're gonna keep that all. Julienne the song. I want to make sure that we have time to get in one more song. But any tours coming up? We're I think we'll, we'll tour after the record comes any out. Show, any yeah, local we'll, shows? We'll, we'll, we'll probably play... Uh, we just played this past week at Secret Project Robot with Weeping Icon, who are really amazing. Yeah. Um, we're probably going to play a bunch towards the end of the year and maybe tour in early spring, but we're kind of just working on finishing the record right now. But keep your eyes peeled. Cool. We'll be, we'll be out your there. Ears on the radio. 
And where can people find you? Uh, social media, Instagram, Spotify, the band internet. Camp, the internet. We have a band camp, and you can buy really cool t-shirts and <laughs> records on it. Sure. We're on Spotify. Um, we're on Google. But we're a little old school, so we don't have like a, a tweeter. Perfect. Just people yelling at each other anyway. Yeah, we'd be, we'd be beefing way too much if we had a Twitter. Uh, yeah. I would delete all of your posts. All <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I would have too many non sequiturs, I'm sure. Uh, well, I want to thank Heaven's Gate for coming on the show today. Thank you for having thank us. You for Thanks having for having us. us. Big shout out to our food guest earlier in the show. Uh, we will be back next week with another live episode of Snacky Tunes. What's the name of the song you're going to take us out with? Depressive Agitation. Perfect. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank we you. will be back next week. Thanks for listening.
Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.